What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, I am joined by our nutrition coach, Shrevis Jansen. Hi, Jerry. TJ, great to see you today. Good to see you, too. Um, I was at coffee very briefly this morning. It had to be short because we have we had an important date to mm-hmm. be here and have a good conversation. And I came up with the slogan for today's episode, which is a Coach Talk episode, by the way. For those of you who have not heard a Coach Talk episode, we, take, we have one of our coaches with us, and we answer questions about health and fitness and nutrition and lifestyle development and personal development and all those good things. So you can always submit your questions on Instagram at the Thrive Pack or in the comments below if you're on YouTube. At any rate, today's tagline is Q&A with TJ. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for something really stressful. <laughs> no, I thought it was good. Anyway, I entertain myself. You do. <laughs> I'm glad you laughed at least. <laughs> of course. Good. So you were telling me you got some good sleep last night. Yes, I did. Yes. yes. Is sleep important for health, Trevis Jansen? Well, sleep is very important <laughs> how, for How health. could you tell? Oh, how could I, you tell? That my sleep was bad or, yeah. or that it's important? Well, I think that, number one, the first thing that I notice is that I'm mentally not as sharp yeah. and as focused and um, mood, I think, tends to become affected and, yeah, all of that and then... Yeah, sleep is so important, and I, it's severely underrated in people's minds. I remember when I was younger, you, you can sleep when you're dead. So that was something that, you know, you wanted to be up and you wanted to be, get as much packed into a day, but actually you're not as productive if your sleep is not sufficient at night. So, and it affects everything. It affects your weight. You tend to, you know, your diet's not on point because you – crave sweet stuff well, for yeah, the energy. Yeah, I was going to say it affects and, your food. It mm-hmm. affects your nutrition. It affects, I think it affects everything in your, just across the board. So I think it's really important that you focus. That's one of the things. It may not be the first thing um, when you're trying to make changes in your life, but it needs to be in the top three, I think. Yeah. One, it's, and this can be said about people who are generally overweight or who generally have lower energy or generally like mm-hmm. get poor sleep. I don't think a lot of people know what it feels like to get good quality sleep. And so they just think that the way that things are is the way that things are. They think that they have a have low energy or have mood swings or they have this and that. And that's just the way that it is. And that's the way life tends to be. And that's the way that they are. And so they don't even understand, like, the connection between how sleep can have such a huge impact on all of those things that you just mentioned. A lot of people just don't make that connection because they just think that the way that they're living is normal. It's, I, it's the way that they live and the way that they feel mm-hmm. is normal. I agree. I agree. And I think that's a hard thing for people to recognize. They're like, I, you know, I can't go to bed because I have kids that keep me up until... 10 o'clock and a lot of um, members or clients that we have have said I need downtime after I put the kids to bed at 9 o'clock so I have to stay up until 10 or 10 30 at night because I need that alone time to decompress and and all of that but I think that you know I and it's becoming really important they're calling it sleep training kids because 
you know, as kids get older, like my grandson, he wants to stay up till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And it drives me crazy when he spends the night because I'm like, you can't, <laughs> yeah, and then you get up at 6 in the morning. I th It affects them as well as it does adults. So I think that, you know, just trying to sleep train. Now, my son and his wife have sleep trained their two-year-old from birth, and incredible. I am just in awe of how she goes, she knows it's time to go to bed. She goes to bed, she goes right to sleep. She sleeps the same amount of time each night. Um, so when they were going through that, I was kind of laughing at them because they were very regimented about it, but I'm like, it, the payoff is great for sleep training kids to do the same because it's important for them as well. They're growing, they need more sleep than adults do. So it's super important. 100%. I'd say that that's, that's something that my sister, Gina, and her husband do real well, like 7 o'clock. Right. They go to sleep. And they don't, they don't fuss about it. They don't do anything. No. They'll fuss about other stuff. But, hey, bedtime, 7 o'clock. Let's go get your jammies on. Let's get ready. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go. And if you teach and them that from, long. from birth, then they expect that. Like yesterday, Theo, who's will be two in August, she knew it was, I'm, you know, you you condition them, you're playing with them, but you're like, okay, two more books, but then it's time for, it's nap time. And she did, she goes, nap time, and up we went, and down she went, and it's just the way it is. So adults need to be, <laughs> need to be more that way too. No doubt. So. Very good. Well, TJ, I'm glad you got some good sleep. Yeah. You look too. vibrant today. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Not that you don't every day. <laughs> Whatever. Just so I don't back myself in a corner. <laughs> Jonna, get me out of this corner real quick. What's our question? First question. How am I gaining weight when I barely eat? The question, how am I gaining weight when I barely eat? So this one is a big question, and it's a normal question, something that we hear very often around here, because, I mean, it's literally, almost, it's literally the same question, I think. Mm -hmm. But you can spin it a couple of different ways. I only eat a couple times a day. You know, I don't eat that much, whatever the, whatever, whatever the statement is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a good question though. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to understand why. So you hear this a great deal from people who have been in a journey of trying to lose weight for a while. And I think women definitely fall victim to this mentality. So people are smart enough to realize I've got to not to, to not to realize that I've got to not eat as much as I have been and I should lose weight. So I think the fact of the matter is is that people do not know how smart our bodies really are and how metabolism works. So your body typically knows, it just knows two things. It just knows feast or famine. So if you're overeating, you're in the feast mode, you're gonna put weight on, your body recognizes that and it goes on about its business. But if you are, and women do this because when they wanna lose weight, they just eat less. Work out more, they think I've got to exercise, I'm in the gym every day, I'm on the treadmill, whatever, and your body's gonna push back against that because if you're in a famine state, your body slows everything down. It has one job to do, and that's to keep you alive for as long as it can, and it will adjust to that. 
So that's the hardest thing to convince people, especially I feel women in particular, is that you know you need to eat more if you are exercising more. You need to support, because initially you'll be okay, but at some point you're gonna crash where you're not taking in enough volume and calories to support the output. So I think that you know convincing people of that's the first, nine times out of 10 is the almost the first conversation we have in nutrition coaching is about that is is and I have them track to see exactly what they're taking in because they might not and it's a mix of the foods that they're taking in maybe yeah they're just eating the wrong things and that needs to be adjusted first or you know maybe and we're poor poor estimators at the calories that we're really consuming that was going to be that's what you just said there, yeah. have them track what yes. they're doing, mm -hmm. because that's a good point. Uh, first, I want to circle back to what you said about adjusting, the body adjusting to what you're intaking. Mm -hmm. When you eat more, ironically, not ironically, but when you eat more, your, your metabolism goes up mm -hmm. because the body recognizes that. And so let me, let, me re, let me restart. When you're in a healthy state, not a disease state, that's very important that to understand. That's super important. That's yes. very important to understand. When you're in a healthy state, not a diseased state. And by diseased, I don't mean the flu. You're right. Right. I mean diabetes, pre-diabetic, most any kind of chronic disease, generally yeah. speaking, mm -hmm. is a diseased state and will impact the way your metabolism. And I want to say if you have been under eating for a for period a of time. time. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so, if you're in a healthy state, when you eat more, your metabolism increases. It, it speeds up, and naturally, it'll keep up with the, not keep up necessarily, but it tries to keep up with the intake. Mm -hmm. The inverse is also true. When you eat less, the metabolism mm -hmm. slows down naturally. That's just what happens. It's right. going to slow down. You said that. So, I think that's important to understand. The second point that you brought up toward the end of that was the tracking point. And I think that every human being, every human being, unless you've done it for some amount of time, right. unless you've done it, everybody is bad at knowing what they're taking in, the actual calories that sure. they're taking in. Because here's what I hear. Well, I'm not eating that much food. Okay. So let's go through a day and let's talk about what you do. What's your coffee look like? Mm -hmm. What kind of, what are you drinking? Like, that's where I start. Yeah. Right? Right. Because what, that's not food. No. It's liquid it's calories. empty calories, which is a yeah, very dangerous just, term. Right. A very dangerous term. So, we just don't know until we start to become aware of it. And ironically, a lot of those people when, who say, I'm not eating a lot, they still are eating a lot more than what they think they're eating. Mm-hmm. And, and that's partly through the actual meals they're having, but also through snacking throughout the day. Like sure. people just don't pay attention. Right. Mm -hmm. And very good about the liquid calories that they're consuming. You have, you know, three coffees in a day, but those coffees are each 200, 250, 300 calories each because of what you, the additives that you're putting in there. Then I think mentally that doesn't appear as food in our minds. So we negate out what, how, how intense those calories can be. So that's 900 calories right there. And I mean, 
the average person can sit down and probably, you know, a meal could can go anywhere from 250 calories to 1,000, depending on what that meal is comprised of, the fats and the carbohydrates and all of that in there. So I think <clears throat> tracking, now I'm not a big proponent of tracking for a lifetime. You know, I, I cannot stand to track my food. It's very tedious, but I think that it's an education tool that I think all people starting out on a journey needs to take a look at that, to do a three-day log of their intake so that they know where the gaps are. I think it quickly identifies the gaps that you have in your nutrition. Maybe your intake is more than what you believe it to be. But, you know, once you've done that for a little bit, you know what, and you learn a little bit about how to put meals together, then you don't have to track unless you fall off point. That's the only other time I'll recommend it is if you're like, I've been off track, how do I get back on? Then start there again and find out. Just reanalyze what's going on. Yeah, definitely. I would say it would even be advantageous to do like two weeks of tracking, mm -hmm. like three days, you know, you're trying to make it easy for somebody because you don't want them to feel overwhelmed with what they're doing. But like, you don't really know what you're taking in at, on average unless you track a, a number of like Let's talk weeks. about the weekends. Yes. That's... Because that's where you really got to also pay attention. Right. Like, it's not only Monday through Friday. It's also... For a lot of people, like mm -hmm. primarily they're putting on weight on the weekend. They're right. like that excess intake is happening on the weekend. Um, I also like the point that you made about the accessory calories. I don't think that that's exactly how you put it, but like I think of salads mm -hmm. and how there's a, you know, well, all I have is a salad for lunch. What's on that salad? <laughs> you could very, very easily have a 1500 calorie salad. Sure. 12 mm -hmm. to 1500 calorie salad. Very easily. Right. So... At any rate, I, I like that accessory calorie idea mm -hmm. also because you once you start adding things in mm -hmm. onto your salad or sandwich or this, that, Well, and they think it's healthy. So they have a salad. They have fruit on the salad. They have some cheese on the salad. They have their dressing. They throw avocado on there. That's It's healthy. Don't get me wrong. Those Each thing are individually. It's yep. healthy, but you're layering. I call it layering your fats. So how many fats do you have on your salad or how many carbohydrates are you putting on top of lettuce that is going to ramp that number up so i think it's really important for people to learn that because you know you think if i'm yeah you can't ever eat healthy food definitely and i think that's a problem for people as well well there's a point of diminishing returns with everything with everything with broccoli with what are you dipping that broccoli in <laughs> Good help, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway, that's a that's a good starting point, and that's why we look at those types of things. Very good. So. Okay, good question, Jana M. What's our second question? What are some tips for incorporating more protein into your diet after a workout? Mm, nice. Would you like to repeat the question? Uh, no, you can't. Well, I'm going to take a I'm drink. Already, I'm already thinking of the answer in my head, so I can't reread the question. How to incorporate, the question is how to incorporate more protein into your diet after a workout. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good. You can do it. I had to shift gears there for a second. <laughs> so um, do you want to talk about the golden window? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So the window, the metabolic window, whatever you want to call it. 
It's an idea that was brought about by bodybuilders many decades ago that you need to eat protein specifically within, I, I, would, I think the- 30 minutes. I think it was 30 minutes mm -hmm. is what the window was. Yeah. Um, or else you won't get the benefits of the workout, the, the benefits of the, the protein, protein to rebuild the muscle. Right. Yes. <clears throat> so that's the golden window, the metabolic window, the eating window. So many people still follow that general guide. And I followed it for a long time, and I'm sure I you followed too. it for a long Certainly time. I did. Yes. So, it's not true. <laughs> thank you. Yay, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Is, is the basic, is <clears throat> right. the crux of it. Right. And we can go into a little bit about why it's not true, of course, but it's, it's not true. Now, that's not to say that you can't if you don't want to have protein or if you want to have protein within 30 minutes of your workout like certainly you can certainly you can and if you're trying to put on muscle you probably should only it's not a bad idea right? only because it allows you more time to eat later you see well, what i'm saying so my general rule of thumb for that when i'm asked that question is if you are going to be able to go straight home and eat a meal that's focused on protein a meal then don't worry about that. If you can do it, they say, within two hours of your workout, you're fine. You're better off to eat whole foods, not to slurp down a protein shake or a processed protein bar. If you're able to make it home to eat a meal after a workout, a balanced meal, you're good to go. Now I tell people if you are leaving the gym and it's gonna be a while before you can get home if you gotta go run errands, pick the kids up or whatever, then that's when it might be it's important that you go ahead and have a protein shake as you're driving around. But that time that you've got to do that within 30 minutes to get the benefit is not supported. I think it's important real quick before we actually answer the question because we're just kind of like giving some high-level ideas now. First, is there magic in a protein shake? Because the question that I get a lot is, should I be, should I be drinking a protein shake? And should I have, it's that question, like should I have a protein shake or should I eat food after my workout? Or, you know, whatever. So what's the, like, is there magic in a protein shake? What's, what's the difference between the two? A protein shake is a supplement. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's 20 or 30 grams of protein that you can get in one hit. It's processed. There's no magic in that. It's just, it's just a precise amount of protein. It's an easy way to get it in. Uh, it's liquid calories. The calories in there are liquid. Are they better than other liquid calories? Yes. But the magic does not lie in the supplement. The magic, in my opinion, lies in a whole foods diet that you are going to be able to go home and eat. I don't know how you feel. I don't feel there's any magic in that. It's just a supplement. No, I think people just diet. see a. They just see protein shake. They see powder, and they think that it's got to be something right. different than just processed no. milk. Just pro oh, it's, it's better it than that. Well, I'll it's better than that. yeah, better right. than drinking <clears throat> milk per but, se. But um, and let's say how clean is that protein shake? Yeah, well, so, and, but that's another right. That's another 
so conversation. Is there magic in it? I There's don't a, think so. No, it's it's a literally just food in powder form. Yeah, it's that's all. You can visualize it as a chicken breast in powder form. Right. It's not Very that good. specifically, but a chicken breast basically in powder form. Right. So all you're doing is choosing to have a to quickly have a protein shake or to eat a meal. There's no um, the bioavailability of it. It, there's a conversation to be had there as far as how well your body metabolizes it and how fast and so on and so forth. But other than that, it's That's food. That's high level. It's yeah. food. <laughs> right. It's food. Okay. So we got that clear. Uh, now the specific question, how do we add more protein, more protein into, our protein our diet into our diet after a after workout? A workout mm-hmm. More specifically. Because mm-hmm. I do understand to a degree, or here's the, maybe the feedback I, I can hear, well, I'm tired and I don't really feel like maybe making a, you know, mm-hmm. making a lot of food or making a full dinner or whatever that looks like. So I think the question is mostly based around something convenient. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, in my mind, that's okay. what I'm translating it as. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, definitely convenient. So I would, back in the day, what I, I would supplement protein. So I think that I don't want to go down this whole path of meal prep, but it's super easy to have hard-boiled eggs at home. And if you're in a hurry, um, I think it's easy to drink your protein shake and eat a couple of hard-boiled eggs along with it. That's going to ramp up the protein that's in that meal. I particularly think of people who work out early in the morning. They got to get home. They got to get off to work. Um, They need something quick and easy. So prep it ahead of time, have an idea of what you're going to have and make it so that you can get in the door, eat it. And if it's not enough, if it's not sufficient protein in your opinion, then drink, you're going to be able to drink that protein shake on top of whatever that you're having. I think to boost up the protein and make sure that you're balancing that out and you're getting enough in. Um, You know, back in the day, I drank a protein shake and ate a bowl of oatmeal out the door to go to work um, first thing in the morning. So I think you can even throw oatmeal down in your protein shake yeah. and, and get it in that way. So I think, yeah, you have to think out of the box when it comes to how you can get more protein in. And I'm, I'm going to be the first to say if you feel you're, you can't eat, because protein is very filling, protein, liquid protein is going to, liquid calories go down much quicker much easier. They're not filling you up. So if you want to have a protein shake along with your eggs, just to ramp up your protein intake, go ahead and do it. It's not going to, it's not going to hurt you as long as you're not loading that protein shake up with a bunch of calories. If it's just straight protein, it's going to be under 200 calories for the most part anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I think it is important to mention also carbohydrates because in my mind, when it comes to an eating window, I would, I'm more, and not that I'm like worried about it per se, but like I'm more thinking about replenishing carbohydrates and glucose than I am about getting protein in as fast as possible anymore. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not like something that I'm like fretting about per se. However, there's, there's definitely a, a, a window ish kind of for Mm -hmm. carbohydrates for your body to more easily replenish them Mm -hmm. after a workout that's after a workout is where your body is going to use the carbohydrates you take in to the best benefit that's where you need to really focus 
on having, uh, I call it filling your suitcases after a workout. So I think... Explain. Explain that. So we carry, I, I like this analogy. So we have suitcases. Imagine that you have little suitcases in each of your muscles and you have a suitcase in your liver. The one in your liver and what the storage form of a carbohydrate breaks down is the storage form is gl uh, glycogen. So the one in your liver is the one that releases throughout the day and especially overnight based on what your blood sugar is doing, so keeping it from dropping too low if you haven't taken in any food, especially at night when you're sleeping. So that's the only purpose for that, that um, suitcase. The ones in your muscles are only depleted through exercise. So if you're only, and that's why the intensity of the exercise is important. So if you're, you know, like you are rucking with 100 pounds on your back, I am certain that you, most of your suitcases have been deplenished. So the carbohydrates you take in after that are critically important because that's what's going to go back in and fill those suitcases back up. So if I'm only going and going for a leisurely three-mile walk, those suitcases aren't emptying out very far. So there's no point then to worry about, I need this much carbohydrate post a leisurely three-mile walk as opposed to a three-mile ruck. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm... Mm -hmm. So, and once those suitcases are full, they're full. Anything extra, any carbohydrate or glucose that's left there is going to go to storage. All right, because it can't fill long, the suitcase. Long-term storage. Right, not the suitcases. Mm -hmm. Right, and the only way to empty muscle suitcases are through exercise. Very good. So, having carbohydrates after the workout refills the suitcases so mm -hmm. that you can then have energy for exercise. Your next, road. yes. Yeah, your, your next, next bout one. of mm -hmm. intense mm -hmm. activity. Right. And understanding that there's a limit to the amount of glucose that can get stored in your muscles. And the rest of it is put to long-term storage. Yeah, I think that's really, that's important to think about. How much protein? How much protein? After a workout. So I, I So <coughs> let's set a, let's say set a window, because I'd say that you want to have, you want to have protein within maybe two hours? Definitely within two yeah. hours. Mm -hmm. seems to be the general consensus. So within two hours, you want to eat something. Mm -hmm. What, how much? I think that's based on your goals, number one. Um, and now that I am older, I think it's also based age-related as far as uh, maintaining lean mass, which is critical for long-term you know, long health and vitality and longevity and all that good stuff. So I, it's basically, I say 20 to 30 grams of protein. Uh, if you're older, you may want to bump that up a little bit higher. Um, so that's basically for the average person we teach here, that's palm size. Your palm minus your fingers and thumb width and thickness, that's roughly 20 to 30 grams, depending on the size of your palm, that just start there. And one rule of thumb that I generally use, if you're eating a meal and you've eaten you know, your balanced meal out and you're still a little bit hungry, it's been around 20 minutes, eat more protein. Don't eat more carbohydrate, more fat, more vegetables. Go to your protein first. Have a little bit more of that. 
and then based on how you feel, how you perform in the gym, um, moving forward should be your guide. That's just my opinion. I think that's pretty easy and straightforward to get people started on that. Yes, ma'am. Do you? I, what do you think? I'm with you. Okay. That's good. Good. Simple. Yeah. I like simple. Me too. Most people do. Yep. <laughs> it makes like it easier simple. for them. Yeah. So. Good. All right. John M., do we have a third and final question? We do. All right. What is the impact of muscle mass on aging? Oh. Oh, man. That's a deep. It is. The question it's is. It's so important. It is. Yeah. You kind of hit on it already. The question is, what is the, hey, your gum matches your cup. Sorry, I just got distracted. <laughs> Thanks on that. I, I color coordinated. Yeah, that's cute. <clears throat> Would not be surprised. <laughs> the question is, what is the impact of muscle on aging? What is the impact of muscle on aging? So you, you hit on this a little bit mm -hmm. in the previous answer. What do you have to say? Because you are the aged of us sitting here together, and I don't say that in any judgmental way. <laughs> Okay. I don't say that in any judgment. It's okay. Way. You it's know right. that. Yeah. You know that better than anybody. Right. She pulled the card on Wednesday. She did. Oh. She did. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she thinks she can just pull that card whenever she feels like it, but then get angry at everybody else when they want to pull it. To answer the question, <laughs> huge. Mm -hmm. Huge. Um, I never, I never thought about this. So when I started in my health journey, I, you know, I couldn't worry about all of that. I couldn't worry. I just wanted to worry about getting healthier at the time. So I think <clears throat> it's huge. And I look back now, and I remember the first time I saw, so I had a family member who was very robust, very muscular. He was a man, looked very fit, very healthy, and he hit about the age of, I want to say late 50s, and it was like, you first initially think they were losing weight, and he was never overweight, so it kind of like really showed out on him, and I'm like, wow, Tim's really, he's losing, he's losing weight, but quickly then did I realize he was losing lean mass because he never worked out. He just was naturally fit and built well and muscle. So I was like, he's shrinking. That's exactly how it looks is that the person's just kind of shrinking and becoming frailer looking. And I think, um, so that was the first really eye opening thing for me. And I, and I still didn't completely make that connection at first, but, um, now I realize that I'm at that age. It's huge. It's huge because I see body changes you know, I'm somebody, I have to say, I've consistently worked out for many, many years, at least two days a week, if not three, four times a week. But I can see the body change begin to happen in me, so I can tell we're all going to deal with lean mass loss in our lives as we get older. Um, and strength. I think you, you lose lean mass, your strength is going to fall. Am I wrong? I mean, you're not going to feel as strong as you have felt when you had more lean mass on your body. So protein intake, hugely critical as we get older. 
I think, you know, lean mass loss begins in your 30s. It's very small. You're in there. You're losing, but it's much smaller. But it really accelerates at the age of 60, 65. Um, and then it's really an upstream battle at that point to hold on to it. So in middle age, you should be putting the reserve, what I call putting the reserve mass on your body so you're ahead of the game when you reach the age where it's going to accelerate. So I'm glad that I was middle age when I started working out. So, I mean, yeah, you have you seen family members shrink up? Yeah. Luckily, I have, like, a lot of my family members tend to be in the weight room regularly. Mm-hmm. So uh, if they do, it's usually on purpose. Not, not always, but usually on purpose. Like even dad. Dad's going to be 80 in yeah. October. And he's here training three days a week. He trains on his own in the weight room three days a week. Mm-hmm. And he's thin, yeah. certainly. But mm-hmm. he lost that. He lost all of his weight on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. that's the weight he wanted to get to. Sure. That's the weight. That's where he wanted to go. And he's put on, he's actually put on muscle over the last probably seven years. And you can, I think it's Five just slower. So, it's a little bit 100%. slower. So here's where, here's where I think you and I, I don't want to say we, we Differ. disagree. <laughs> we think differently about it. Okay. And I understand, I like, I understand, I think I understand why. If you don't do anything, mm-hmm. meaning like if you don't do something to mitigate muscle loss and strength loss, then 100% by the age of 35, it's the deterioration is going to start. Mm-hmm. Like if you're living a sedentary lifestyle, like 90% of humanity does, or at least humanity in America does, then that's what's going to happen. Muscle is going to start deteriorating. You're going to become under-muscled and over-fat. Oh, that's good. Yeah. under and over-fat. Mm-hmm. So muscle starts deteriorating. Strength starts to wane between the age of 35 and about 65 already starts to happen. Like you said, around age 65, it starts to accelerate. Mm-hmm. And that's where you start to really get in trouble because past the age of 65, if you fall down, the likelihood of you dying from that fall is significant. Huge. Yes. After the age of 65. And that is something that we do not think about. And like you said, at 45, when you started your journey, you didn't think about it. No. You were worried about losing 100 pounds. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's partly understandable, but at the same time, like, we have to be able to look into the future and go, if I don't want to end up like that, if I don't Mm -hmm. want to end up dependent on other people, if I don't want to Mm -hmm. be that person who... If I fall down, the world's going to be worried about me living and I'm going to have to have five people take care of me mm-hmm. if I even live. Right. Because survive I forget the, the first year after a oh, yeah. fracture. After the huge. age of 65 mm-hmm. or 70, the number who survived the first year, very small. Yeah. Not a, not a big number. Mm-hmm. I forget the exact statistics, so I'm not going to throw any out, but it's not a big number. Right. It's huge, yeah. So the how important it is cannot be overstated. Like no. it cannot, I cannot say how important that having muscle and and having strength because they're two different things mm-hmm. technically mm-hmm. now if you have big muscles you will still be strong if you have more lean mass you're going to be stronger than if you have less that's, lean mass and that's important lean yes lean mass mm-hmm. thank you um and yet 
your muscles cannot have power as cannot have power and not have strength, even though you have muscle. So you want to train for power. You want to train for strength, mm -hmm. not just train for lean mass, mm -hmm. not just train for hypertrophy. So where we differ is that I don't believe, let me, let me say, I believe that the inevitable deterioration of muscle, meaning if you're weight training regularly, if you're eating quality protein, if you're not living a sedentary lifestyle on average, like you're doing all these things as much as you can, not maximally maybe, but if you're doing 80% of what you can do mm -hmm. to mitigate sarcopenia mm -hmm. or just any loss of lean mass, I believe that that happens much later. I mean, that it can be 70 or 75 years old. Look at, mm -hmm. um, look at Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm -hmm. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How old is he? 70? He's close to it. Yeah. He's close to 70. I just now he's probably on HRT. Mm -hmm. He's probably on HRT. Mm -hmm. Dad's on HRT. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but he's 80 years old. Right. Right. And Rob, I mean, RFK, Robert, RFK? Robert, I, don't know. I don't know. Robert anyway, Kennedy Jr. Yeah, yeah Robert Kennedy too. Jr. We'll go yeah. with that. Yeah. He, he's probably 70. He's probably on HRT would be my guess. Mm -hmm. I can't say that. I'm making a pure right. assumption out of it. But he probably is. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I mean, at 70 years old, I don't put it, I wouldn't, I, I'll be on HRT at 70 years old. I will be. But why? Like, mm -hmm. why, why, like, look at him. Mm -hmm. He's, the dude's got plenty of muscle on him. Right, right. He's not a But it would have been good to see what he looked like in if his were, 40s. If he were 40. Well, or well, let's see what 50. he looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So at any rate, like I think he's just a good example. Like that's one example hmm. of, of a number you can find that at 70 years old, you can have muscle on you. Right. The guy from Primal Blueprint too. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he's well yeah. over 65. Yeah. And he still has a you know, fair Marks, amount of... Mark yeah. Sisson? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think you need to be focused on not just now, but the long-term benefit of why you need to be in the gym, why you need to be focusing on those types of things. Mm. Um, you know, I see, I work with a, a lot of our older members, and it's just, you know, the ability to be able to sit down in a chair and not flop down. And when we, when we put those box unload squats, they all notice, because that's not something that you realize. And if you're constantly, we sit down, up and down all the time. How are you doing that as you're aging down the road? If you're flopping down to the chair, you have the ability outside of the gym to maintain quad strength. I think quad strength is hugely mm -hmm. significant. Well, what else? What else is, what's on the other end, the other side of you? The other side of me? The other side you got to worry about. Not you. There's no one behind <laughs> oh, you. Oh, your fountain eats. of youth. <laughs> you like... see what she just did? <laughs> I'm like, Whoa. who's behind me? <laughs> your fountain of youth. Your, your, uh, your butt. Yeah. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Because, why is that? Because. My butt's not huge. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, you saw that and I'm, I, it's reminded to me. So when we were rocking, I don't know, hiking a couple of weeks ago, I twisted my ankle in a hole that literally, it was one where it just went yep. And you, a normal person who did not work out, did not have good quad strength at my age, that would have took them down, right? It was that much of a twist 
but I was able to not go down, correct that end, no injury, and keep walking. So I think that right there reminds me of how important it is to, at my age, to be in this gym and to keep working on my quad strength because that's going to protect you. And being able to control the deceleration when you step off curbs, you come down steps, and lose your footing overall, it'll take you down if you haven't been focused on combating that through working out and lifting weights. Huge, that's just a reminder every time, and I thank God I don't do it too often, but, and it's funny, that was the first time when I lost my weight and I was working out regularly. I did the same thing in the parking lot going into the hospital. I hit a hole in the dark in the dirt, and I was like, wow, I would not have been able to prevent that from me hitting the ground. So that's just an everyday reminder of how important that is, and especially when you get older. 100%. I just think that, so the question is, well, if I'm 50 years old or I'm 60 years old or I'm 40 years old, because freaking 40-year-olds think that they're old, I'm like, I'm just, oh my gosh, they have no clue. 40 and 45-year-olds, man. I'm like, dude, you gotta. Yeah. Anyway. How much, how much is, it, is it actually going to help me? And the answer is like, yeah, the best time to start would have been yesterday. Sure. Last year. Always is. Two years yeah. ago, 10 years ago. You can sit there and, you know, be upset about this, that, and the other thing. And you can either let that hold you back or you can decide to start today. Second best time to start is right this very mm -hmm. second, no matter if you're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. Right. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. If you are 40 years old, or 35 or 30 years old, start now because yes. that muscle that you build and that strength that you build now mm -hmm. will last and mm -hmm. will move you into 60 and 70 years old. Sure. Granted, as long as you keep doing yeah. what you're doing, it will be foundational. There's a big difference between like foundational muscle, foundational strength, and just like surface level muscle and strength. Mm -hmm. You, In your first couple of years, you're going to gain strength, you're going to gain muscle. But if you stop, like all that's going to go away, not with the snap of a finger per se, but it's, it'll, mm -hmm. it'll go away. Whereas if you're, you've trained for 10 years, you've trained for a decade, you've built foundational strength and foundational muscle, it's going to be lasting. So if you happen to actually have some huge catastrophic thing happen where you can't train for a month or so, a couple months, yeah, it's not going to, it's not It'll, not going to impact you well, as, well, a little as bit, bad. But it's not going to be a big deal. Right. You, as soon as you get back in the gym, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And that's the mentality. Like people, well, I just, I don't want to have to stop and start and stop and start. Like. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> at some like, point. Yeah. Like what in the world are you talking right. about? Mm -hmm. And then I think that, you know, people who are, you know, retired and now they have the time to put in, they have all this free time. Don't think that it's too late. Get get into the gym and start working out. And yes, will it happen slower for you than it did if you had started when you were 40? Yeah, it'll be slower, but it's going to help you in the long run and help you to live, you know, a long, vibrant life. That's, you know, that's my goal. I, I've always said I want to be in the gym still working out when I'm 90. Um, you know, my husband makes the joke all the time. He goes, well, if you die before me, I'm going to laugh 
<laughs> my butt off because you have dedicated all these years to doing this. And I, you know, I can tell a difference now that I'm 60. I can tell that because I don't think that, not that I'm like stand out, but you can put me up against a 60 year old who hasn't been doing mm. that and you'll see a definite difference. And just your vibrancy, I think, and your fit level and all of that. So I'm, I'm very grateful that, and I didn't start for that reason. That was not my priority. And but, you started at 45. Yep. Well, about 44. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. About 44. And I think the payoffs have been, I'm seeing the payoffs now being pretty significant. And I'm continuing down that path. So it's critically important. Unless you, like you said, want to be dependent on family members. And you don't, you never want to lose your independence. You know, I don't want somebody to say, you know, you can't, you know, you're going to have to move into a one-level house because you can't do the stairs anymore. We're afraid you're going to fall down and break something. Well, I don't want, I never want it to be told you can't do something. I'll, you know, so that's what keeps me, keeps me going right now. Well, TJ, you are an inspiration, sister, no matter what you think. Oh, okay. Thanks, yeah. Jay. Even though I know there's still some bugs back in that brain that I got to dig out and, <laughs> and get out of there. You've been doing some hard work. Yeah. You've been I, doing a lot of hard work. Yeah. So, got to keep it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a little crew of my little, my little homies who are my age, and we're like, <laughs> we're doing this. Yeah. We're doing this. So. Very cool. Yeah. We have to support one another. Because... Yeah, nothing against you, but you're not there yet. And I hope I live long enough because I want to see you when you're 60. <laughs> I, want, I want that to happen also. I want that to happen also. For both of us, that means I live to 60. Yeah, and no, man, I'm like 80 yeah. or better. So yeah. that's good. Most definitely. All right, okay. sister. All right. Good job today. Thanks, JS. Yeah. You too. So I hope we gave you some good information to think about. I know we definitely did. People... Appreciate you. Make sure you share this with their, their with your friends. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Let me try that again. Make sure you share this with your friends, and here's to your success in health and fitness mastery. <laughs>